had give the world to see Where the music softly playing And the rhythms gently swaying Underneath the stars in a million bars Guitars are softly saying Mexico You got to be in so much to see in Mexico yeah, once more, it's time to go to Campeche in uh, Mexico and say uh, a very good evening to uh, our good friend uh, John Bonfilio. Uh, John, thanks ever so much for joining us. Good evening, Martin. Now, we've uh, talked a fair bit about the uh, the new leftish government in uh, Colombia. Um, what we haven't really discussed is what this means to the United States, because they look uh, always very nervously to, um, you know, history tells us that they, um, they're very suspicious of uh, left wing movements in uh, in Latin America. Uh, and uh, Colombia's new left wing president elect, he's promised uh, quite a shake up there. Yeah, d- d- historically, the only governments of the U.S., likes in latin america are governments that have either been imposed by them or have you know or are under direct patronage from from the u.s whether left or right but the left of course makes the u.s even more nervous and this and and of course this new administration from from petro continues the left leftward move and drift of many governments across the region uh, you know, uh, as a reaction to a lot of what's taken place, but, you know, the right wing policies and especially the interventionist policies of the U.S. But where this Colombian administration is different is that Petro, the, the new president of Colombia, has very specifically said that he's not going to continue his relationship with the U.S., which is really important because Colombia, since forever, has been uh, the U.S.'s biggest ally in the region. So suddenly, overnight, uh, especially vis-a-vis the you know the drugs war and the cartels mm. uh, and, and cocaine that flows up to the US but also if you look at uh, you know, Colombia as a counterpoint say to you know the, the Maduro administration in in Venezuela and so on suddenly that massive ally that you know that overseas uh, you know tower of strength that was Colombia in terms of countering to US policy no longer exists yeah, absolutely. And uh, there was there's a huge rally, wasn't there? The um, uh, Gustavo Petro, who's the uh, new guy, former guerrilla rebel. Um, they had a big uh, a big rally in the stadium in uh, Bogota. Is that right? Yeah, 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 yeah. They did. Look, we're going to be seeing a lot of this uh, now. And of course, that you know, the left in Latin America. Um, does rail against the anti-imperialist tendencies of, of the U.S. To some extent, it's a bit of a caricature, but also, you know, not without not without rhyme nor reason. If you look at again the, you know, the interventions that the U.S. has, uh, you know, has undertaken in, in the region, from you know the bombing of Panama to the Sandini, I mean, you know, the the list can go on and on. So for us, you know, from a, I think for, from us approaching this from a UK standpoint, we think, well, you know, this is a worry because the US is our ally. And what does that mean if, you know, if that suddenly, you know, if, if, if those relationships are broken down, does that mean that China is going to get, is going to get involved, Russia and so on? But actually, if you look at it from a local perspective, what, what any nation wants and certainly what any nation in Latin America wants is it wants assistance, but it also wants to be treated with 
uh, you know, with respect. And, um, and, and I guess it's no surprise that, you know, we're coming to the end of the road, at least to some extent with, with the US. I don't think that that means that, you know, these countries are going to immediately jump into bed with, uh, you know, with other imperialist, uh, governments. But, you know, for them, Russia is the same as the US is the same as China or, or anybody mm-hmm. else. They don't really distinguish between them. Now, um, while we're in Colombia, um, it's okay if bees become extinct, uh, because in Colombia, rats have been discovered to pollinate uh, certain trees in urban areas. So rats can do the work of bees. Um, really? Yeah, re- really interesting. Uh, our favorite ratus, ratus, ratus uh, has mm-hmm. been discovered. Oh, that's not the scientific term for the brown rat. I hate no. that. Uh, has been discovered pollinating the the feijoa plant, which is a, a strange sort of bush. Which um, I guess that the, the fruit looks something like a lime, but if you cut it open, um, it looks like a cucumber and tastes something between pineapple, quince, apple. But the interesting thing about this is that for a long time now, the the, the rat has been observed. Um, in in the Fajoa trees, uh, but you know no studies have been undertaken uh, until over the course of the last six months. And now in the journal Ecology, this scientist has published a paper saying that interestingly the rats actually only eat the petals; they don't damage the reproductive parts or eat the fruit. And so what they're actually doing is um, is pollinating the the plant and the, and the bush by taking on the fur. Um, the, the, the pollen between the different flowers and, and is actually, you know, now being regarded as one of the major sources of that, of the pollination. In some ways, no surprise because you've got somewhere in the region of 350 species of mammal that act as, um, as pollinators. The, the, the bat, the fruit bat is, is the most famous one, but certainly not something which has been observed with, with rats before. And I guess we're all open to, you know, the possibility that uh, a rat may actually bring something positive other than pestilence to our lives. Well, you say that. We occasionally get rats uh, here in uh, under our uh, floors. And uh, I'm afraid that we don't leave ourselves up to any possibilities other than the fact they're going to eat the rat poison and uh, disappear and uh, not be scratching under our floorboards. So, um, yeah, I'm afraid we're going to carry on, uh, carry on killing them because they're not pollinating anything here. They, they are just, uh, as you say, pestilence. But um, you know, interesting. It's an interesting scientific development, isn't it, really? It is, yeah, yeah, surprising in the least. I mean, another scientist actually said that, um, that you know, we, we don't actually know whether they are specifically pollinating because that bit of science hasn't been undertaken. But it certainly seems at this point as though that is what's taking place. All right, rats, not all bad. Um, sports story here. <laughs> <laughs> sports, shock news. Um, sports story now. Um, and well, you know, I heard this on the news earlier in the week. Um, manners and medical staff, um, are to be, or at least there's a possibility that, uh, some of Maradona's uh, medical staff, because of, uh, I suppose you'd call it malpractice, uh, are to be, uh, tried in connection with, uh, with his death. Yeah, I mean, in some ways, no surprise. It's been that the family, and in particular, two of his daughters have been pushing for this a little bit. But they've been accu- eight separate doctors, eight separate med- medical professionals have been accused of criminal negligence. And um, they're going to be tried. It looks as if they're going to be tried for culpable homicide. Um, uh, various lines the judge issued about saying that they, you know, there were deficiencies and irregularities in the in the treatment and they didn't act with 
uh, you know, with, with with thorough professionalism and so on. I think what's really interesting about this, which isn't really being spoken about, is that the headlines and the news stories essentially say that, uh, you know, there was malpractice and Maradona uh, died because, you know, it was the, these doctors or the medical professionals weren't looking after him properly. To my mind, I, I think I see a different reading of the story, which is that, you know, I, I don't see that there is, you know, it would be a, a hell of a thing for there to be a conspiracy between these different doctors, you know, to not treat Maradona properly and cause his death. Um, to my mind, the, the big question is, how do you treat somebody? How do you professionally treat somebody as a as a doctor or a medic who is something of a god to you, who, ha, you know, has achieved sort of demigod status, who who doesn't listen, who doesn't respond mm. to instruction, who doesn't, you know, at a very basic level, I can imagine, you know, take pills when he's meant to and so on. And who also your relationship with that individual is that you you love and adore them. I mean, one of the one of the accusations is one particular doctor um, uh, wrote a letter saying that Maradona was sound of mind without actually visiting him. But you can totally imagine how this would play out with somebody of that, you know, of that strength and, and fame. Uh, the pressure that would be brought to bear on that doctor to say, you know, Maradona needs this letter for this, that or the other. You just need to go and sign it. And, and you know, I'm, I'm, I don't think we need to necessarily equate a lack of professionalism with with understanding that. You know, these people were all desperately trying to do their best for a deeply flawed man who was massively in the in the public eye. And of course, they weren't going to be able to, you know, to do what, what he needed. Uh, another accusation was that he would have been better served being in a medical facility. Well, you know, of course he would have uh, done. But, you know, was he going to accept that? Were, were the people around him going to accept that? Again, you know, I just don't see that, that, that that's a, you know, a viable possibility in terms of things. So it seems to me like this is this continues the Maradona circus, which we said, you know, again, on your show, Martin, mm. we, we said a couple of years ago when he died, it was going to run and run and run. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, uh, you know, I, I think that these professionals are, you know, sadly going to come a cropper through no great fault of their own. No, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's a very plausible uh, reading of the situation. Um, as always, John, thank you ever so much, and uh, we'll talk again next week, if that's okay. All right, take care. Uh, good man. There we go, Jonathan Bonfilio joining us from Campeche in uh, Mexico.